Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Ephesians. This week's study is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. We must stand for the sufficiency of the gospel when dealing with the sin of racism and most of the ways it is being addressed in our world. What the gospel did to reconcile the Jews and the Gentiles is the same thing we need to apply to the sin of racism. The gospel is sufficient, but we are faced with a growing number of people who do not act as if they believe that. This sermon will conclude with several observations concerning the social justice movement and what is now called anti-racism. Please listen to today's slice of this week's message entitled, He Put to death the enmity. Now read Romans. Well, toss in Galatians. Better throw in Colossians. Don't miss Hebrews. Not to mention our passage in Ephesians. They all tell us that he rendered those sacrificial laws obsolete because he fulfilled them. He fulfilled all the requirements and then died as the perfect sacrifice for the penalty for sin. So, what he abolished was the enmity because he fulfilled the requirements and lived that perfect sinless life. So now you and I, when we come to him by grace through faith, we get his perfect righteousness applied to our account. So thus the law is rendered inoperative. The barrier is abolished because it's all fulfilled in Christ. Now, Notice the key words in that fantastic sentence we just read. The word abolishing, rendering inoperative. The word enmity, and then through the cross, and again, the word enmity. It's pretty obvious what he's getting at here, isn't it? Now, through the cross, it's not talking about the wood of the cross. It's amazing you can find enough... Uh, alleged um, pieces of the cross to probably build a 10-story mansion if you wanted to. People get all sentimental and superstitious about that. But it wasn't the, the cross that he was nailed to. In this context, the, through the cross is approximately a synonym for the blood of Christ, his sacrifice which brought near those who were far off. And remember, too, the blood of Christ and its significance in the New Testament, it's not about the stuff that flowed through Jesus' body, through His veins and arteries. It's about the sacrifice of His sinless life for ours. To shed His blood is to give His life. It's a euphemism. You ever thought of the irony of the fact that we use crosses as decorations? You might not realize it, but there's a huge one sitting on the roof right above your heads right now where you're, where you're sitting. Um, people 
wear them as necklaces. I didn't do any inspections as you came in, but I would imagine there's probably a cross or two on a necklace or a, or a, or a bracelet or something like that in the room today. We stencil or embroider them on clothing. We even get them as tattoos. Don't ask my opinion about that unless you want to hear it. And it's okay, you can get to heaven even with a tattoo when you get there. But a cross is a symbol, it's a reminder of arguably the cruelest, most tortuous form of death ever devised by man. So why would we wear something that reminds us of that? It was because on a cross of wood, our salvation was purchased through the blood of the Son of God. Therefore, the cross is a, as a symbol represents something beautiful. Not, not crucifixion. That's not beautiful. What's beautiful is what was accomplished through the cross of Christ. Now notice, through the cross, He has put to death the enmity. Interesting word. We don't use it very, very often in the English language. Um, it's one of those awkward words to pronounce. Usually when you say it, it comes out enmity, but it's actually enmity, all right? It's hard to get the N and the M smoothed out. We don't usually say them in that order, in our, uh, and our tongues aren't used to that. But the word means animosity, hostility, alienation. The word refers to the anim- animosity between God and man. Because He is eternally holy God and we are consistently sinful people. There's enmity, there's alienation between God and man. And we need a Savior. It's also the word that describes the alienation between Jew and Gentile with all that wall of partition that separated them for all of those centuries. And it describes in that sense an ongoing hatred and hostility that needs to be resolved. So the key phrase, once again, is in Christ. In Christ, every believer, whether Jew or Gentile, is brought into a relationship with every other believer so that we are, as the text says, one new man. We become one spiritual entity together in the body of Christ. There are no spiritual distinctions between one another in Christ. He does not exclude anyone who comes to Him from any background. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And everyone the Father gives to me, says Jesus, I will never cast him out. Now, that word new in the phrase new man is a translation of a Greek word that describes something completely unlike what came before it. It doesn't mean just the merely merely the latest model of something. It's not getting an upgrade. It's not adding on an accessory. It's not improving what you have. It's transformation. Spiritually, a new person in Christ is no longer Jew or Gentile, only Christian. 
in Christ, I really don't think we should ever have hyphens. Now, you might think that's racist, but I'm not talking about a group of people. We shouldn't be hyphenating. What do we care about? Jewish Christian, Gentile Christian, male Christian, female Christian, uh, the, the American Christian, Asian Christian, African Christian. Get rid of the hyphens. You're in Christ or you're not. You might, if you haven't already heard it, you'll enjoy the, the song that I sent out with today's uh, uh, email. Um, David Wesley did a, a, a mashup of a whole bunch of Sunday school songs over the, over the years. And, uh, and he took just a snippet out of one. I, I was handicapped by not growing up in the church. I went to vacation Bible school once, dragged along by my big brother, big brother when I was five years old. I had no clue of anything that happened there whatsoever. I didn't learn all of those songs. Kind of fun when we got married. Marcia could teach me Sunday school songs and Bible stories and, and, and stuff like that. It was interesting to see that. But I remember one of the ones that I heard. Wesley has it in his mashup. We have an excerpt of it. On the, on the wall in the twos and, three, twos and threes rooms. Jesus loves the little children. Oh, that's good. All the children of the world. That's good. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in His sight. That's wrong. Dead wrong. Completely wrong. You can't say that sentence if you believe the Bible. There aren't red people. There aren't brown people. We're all various shades of one color. To even think of humanity in terms of racial distinctions, that's wrong. That's why most of the answers proposed to racism can't work because they're built on a faulty presupposition of the very nature of a human being. We are all image bearers of God. Now, I know what you mean, and you do not need to repent in sackcloth and ashes if you've ever sung that song. But understand, that's not the concept that we want to teach. Look at a couple of other scriptures. Romans 10, 12 through 13. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. So lose the hyphen. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on Him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. No distinction. So don't make distinctions. Galatians 3, 28. Paul wrote this. There is neither Jew nor Greek... Neither is there slave or free man. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Social status doesn't matter. Uh, Positions of wealth or lack thereof doesn't matter. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Another astounding aspect of being in Christ is that 
every person of every background from every people, tongue, tribe, and nation, they all come to salvation in exactly the same way. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.